Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is happening, everybody? I'm Larry Roberts. And I'm Sarah Lucy, and this is Branded, your comprehensive guide to creative branding. And on this episode of the podcast, we're going to take a look at, you know, how do we know or do we know when it's time to initiate a rebrand? This is interesting because I have never rebranded myself, but you have. And so you've gone through a couple different brands. So kind of to start off, what was your rebranding journey like? Why did you? start rebranding because i wasn't making any money <laughs> that's fair yes that's a good reason <laughs> when i realized that no one was resonating with the brand or with the brand message and you know honestly if you think back i don't even think my my first brand had a brand message uh i don't think i had a, a message i think i was just talking i think i was just talking to hear myself talk or trying to connect with people because i saw an opportunity you know, in the podcast space, because that's that's where I was. Uh, I had realized there were some opportunities to establish a business and a brand in the podcast industry, but I didn't understand branding at all. So I just grabbed a name that I thought was a cute name. Turns out it wasn't all that cute and uh, struggled for several years until I realized, oh, you know what? Maybe, just maybe my brand needs to have a bit of a message. Maybe, just maybe, people ought to be able to say the brand name and go, oh, that's what he does. I don't know. So what did you start with? <laughs> well, I originally, and in all honesty, if we really want to be transparent here, my LLC still has the same name. Okay. Uh, I, I changed my DBA, but uh, my podcast way back, when the Way Way Back Machine was called Readily Random. And it was just that it was super, super random, but I didn't understand the podcast industry. I had seen other podcasters out there that just did these interviews with whoever they wanted and about whatever topic uh, they wanted to talk about that week. And it seemed to work for them. So I thought, well, shoot, it'll work for me too. So that's why I called it readily random because it was just going to be a random array of interviews with people that I thought were cool. And then you made the switch to Red Hat Media. And that was recent. You've only been Red Hat for, isn't it been like less than a year? No, no, no. It's less than two years. Well, November, okay. November, uh, I want to say 21st-ish, something like that, will be two years. And I'm, I might be saying the 21st because it was actually November of 2021 when the Red Hat was born. So maybe that's why I'm saying the 21st. But I'd have to look back to get the exact date uh, that I had that epiphany, thanks to uh, Alex Sanfilippo. Uh, we are the Alex and Filippo fan club. We've established that so many times. So talking about rebranding, there's so many different things that we need to consider if we want to rebrand. And some of them, like for you, it was you wanted to rebrand because your messaging wasn't aligned. Sometimes it's because the audience isn't aligned. 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely didn't have any alignment whatsoever with my audience. But, you know, one of the things I did and another brand that I had, albeit very short-lived, between Readily Random and uh, Red Hat was called Podcast Boost. Because, oh, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Podcast Boost was in the mix, too. And, you know, that one was a little more insightful. People looked at it and went, okay, this probably has something to do with boosting podcasts in, in some way, shape, fashion, or form. And it was the first brand that I tried to establish uh, as a podcast launch consultant or a podcasting coach, uh, that sort of thing. But, you know, although the name was was pretty decent, I, I think the Podcast Boost is still a, a fairly decent name. But it didn't have a message to it. It didn't have a vision to it. I didn't do any sort of market research to determine, you know, what really resonates with podcasters in the form of visuals. You know, how do I need this brand to look and how do I need this brand to sound? I just thought, oh, Podcast Boost, that's a cool name. And let me see if that URL is available. Oh, it is. Let's see if it's available on Instagram. Oh, it is. All right, cool. Podcast Boost is it. That was all the decision making that went into trying to establish this brand. Then I ran over to one of my favorite sites, and I think you use it quite a bit too, Sarah, is Creative Market. And I looked for some templates over there to uh, to design a logo. And boom, before you knew it, I had some nice little comical rockets, because why not have rockets? Because everybody that's boosting podcasts uses rockets for some reason in their branding. And I thought I would do the same. And uh, okay, cool. Just didn't quite work. <laughs> yeah, I completely forgot that brand existed. Well, that's because it was so memorable. No, you did a great job. It's fantastic. Thanks. No, yeah, it was yeah. it was really good. <laughs> One of the things that I actually recently got asked this, we were in Houston a couple weeks ago for uh, the Pod Houston Podfest meetup. And one of the girls that was there, she was kind of struggling with whether or not she should do a rebrand. And she was a content creator. She had kind of like a personal blog, personal podcast. And she had stopped creating content because she had a baby. And when she came back, she wanted to figure out how she could kind of relaunch. But she still had some of her audience still kind of hanging on. Some of them probably faded because it had been so long. And people were telling her to not really do a relaunch just kind of like slow like kind of soft launch just come back to it and i know the advice i gave her but i'm curious what you would tell her yeah i, I mean in that particular scenario because so much had changed you know the entire premise of her podcast has changed so I, I would definitely in that in this instance really i think you need to start by looking at your audience and analyze whether or not your audience would resonate with the rebrand or if they would expect you to introduce this new stage or this new season of life into the existing show. That's one of the most important things that we, we tend to lack when we are rebranding or even branding initially is we don't do that initial audience analysis to determine whether or not the brand we're going to use is going to resonate. You know, that was the mistake I made with Podcast Boost. I just saw some other businesses out there that were using rockets and I thought, well, rockets is obviously the way to go. So that's what I'm going to do. But that doesn't resonate with me. I don't care anything about rockets. I can't reinforce that brand message with rockets and sure we're boosting your podcast, but uh, do you have to use a rocket? No, you don't have to use rockets. Use something that resonates with you and the audience that you're going to attract. 
So that's the first thing that I think would, would have to take place is she needs to understand her audience and understand whether or not she could introduce this new approach or whether a rebrand and a completely uh, revamping of the audience itself is what needs to happen. I thought it was interesting because a lot of times when we talk about rebranding, we talk about it from kind of a corporate perspective. So we see big companies all the time going through rebrands, whether it's they're just changing up their logos, or maybe they're taking a complete redirection of what they're doing. But with a personal brand, I think rebranding is something that we kind of do regularly. And we talked about this in one of the early episodes, I remember talking about how our personal brands are not set in stone. They're things that are ever evolving. So with a personal brand, if something in your life changes, that means you're going to resonate more or less with an audience, that kind of is reason to kind of rebrand a little bit. And with having a baby and all of this, she wasn't changing herself per se. It was things in her life were changing and evolving. So it only makes sense, in my opinion, that she did use it to her advantage. And as a podcast producer, people ask about seasons and podcasts. And in my opinion, the only reason to have seasons is if you want to take a break or if you need a reason for something to be newsworthy. And that's kind of from like my PR brain when I used to work in PR. So if something really big has changed in your life, that's a reason for something to be newsworthy. So you can really capitalize on those changes and start rolling out some kind of fodder around it and creating buzz around all of these new changes. Start putting out content of like, hey, guys, things are about to change. A lot of new things are happening. Um, I can't wait to come back and talk about this new season of my life. By the way, I had a baby, like all of these new things that are happening. And if you lose part of your audience because of that, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think people resonate with us at certain parts of our life because that's where we are. So if someone was following her because of something that she was talking about, but now she's incorporating parenting and they're like, well, I don't have kids. This isn't for me anymore. That's okay because she's also opening herself up to a whole audience of moms. So when it comes to a personal brand, you need to really lean into where you are in your life and what's going on around you, the kind of people you want to surround yourself with. And that's going to guide you to how your personal brand should be evolving. Yeah. And I think as long as you're aware of that and you provide that level of clarity into what you're doing and why you're doing it and who you're doing it for, I think you're going to find that it's going to be much more successful for you in the long run. And that's one of the pitfalls, at least for me, that I saw so happened so many times was I, I didn't have that clarity. I just knew I needed something, you know, and if we, if we even th go back to let's don't do it, but let's just go back to readily random for a second. It was even worse. Uh, you know, I knew I needed a logo, but how do you do a logo for something so random? So once again, I relied on my go to. I went to the creative market and I found a speaker with some audio waves coming off of it. And that was my logo for readily random. It meant nothing to me. It meant nothing to the audience. It probably just contributed to the confusion more than anything, but it was a logo and I could stick it on a business card and I could be all official. 
but that's really not what it's all about. You know, you have to have that clarity. You have to have that clarity in your statements, your vision statement, your mission statement. You have to have that clarity in, I mean, even all the way down to the colors that you pick, you know, the different colors are going to resonate with a different audience in an entirely different way. You know, I have a really, I, I suspect that our color scheme isn't going to resonate with as many dudes as it is with as many females. I don't know what's leading me to believe that could be the pink background or the pastel colors or the, the fonts that we use that are fun. But I mean, I, I don't, I don't personally care. I, I dig it. But if we were to do a survey as to whether or not, and I think this would be fun. So if anybody's listening right now, would you say the, the our branding colors are a little more masculine or a little more feminine? Let us know in the comments. I think that'd be, that'd be a lot of fun to do that. But <laughs> I, I think it'd be kind of cool too, because to have that kind of interaction uh, is absolutely critical. You know, hopefully you have an opportunity to communicate with your audience or your potential audience, and you can ask them questions and you can get their feedback. And then you know, the, the most important thing after that point is you listen to it. You listen to exactly what your audience is telling you. I mean, we saw that years ago when Coke rebranded and Pepsi rebranded. We've seen all these massive corporations rebrand and fall flat on their face with their rebrands. But they did listen to their audience and then they went back to the old school ways of doing things. And sometimes that's just what we have to do. Yeah, if, if you go back to one of our first episodes, it was the eight components of a personal brand. Something like that, when you're going through all of these different components, I think that's with a personal brand, that's something that we should be looking at pretty regularly. And especially with a personal brand, it's easy to make changes because it's just you. And it's a lot different. Like with Coca-Cola, there are stakeholders, there are presidents, vice presidents, board of executives, board of advisors, all of these different things that come into play. So sure. you can't just be like, oh, hey, I'm going to change my colors today. Or, hey, I'm going to change my logo. Like you need to really, there are steps and levels of approval and there are people you need permission from. It is a lot of work. But with a personal brand, it's just you. Um, so go through those steps. Go through the looking at what your promises are, what your missions are, your visions, your values. Go through all of that. Anytime you feel like something is changing dramatically in your life or just make a schedule to do it once a year, whatever it is. Um, I know I put out an ebook about it. You can find it on um, favoritebrandguide.com and it just has all of those steps or go back to one of those, the episode that has it. We'll link it in the show notes. I don't remember exactly what episode number it was, but go through it and see what changes you should be making and just be clear when you communicate that to your audience, give them the opportunity to say, okay, this is no longer relevant to me, or I like where this is going. I'm going to stay involved, but then also push it out publicly. So new audiences can now see what you're doing and understand what you're doing and make the decision to join on, even though they hadn't before. Yeah, and I love the fact that you, you mentioned audiences as in plural, because regardless of what you're doing, you're going to have multiple audiences. You're going to have audiences that are aware of your brand and maybe they're consumers of your brand. You're going to have audiences on your website. You're going to have audiences on your social media. And it's absolutely critical that once we go through this rebranding process, that we are 
what's my favorite C word? Uh, consistent, consistent across the board. We have to have that consistency in everything that we're doing. And I do realize that when you're undertaking these changes, that being consistent everywhere is a massive challenge. But that's really what rebranding is. It's a massive challenge. So understand the scope of the project that you've got in front of you and maybe even spend some time in laying that out, you know, plan each and every step of the rebrand process. Don't just go out to creative market. Wish they'd sponsor the show. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, don't just as go you out tell there, people as, not to go to just, their website. Yeah, I just dog them. I go, oh, sponsor it'd be great us. if they sponsor. We will hey, send people to your I, competitors. I love it, but everybody else don't use it. No, <laughs> but my point is, just don't just go out and just nimbly bimbly pick a logo and go. This is my new logo. So I'm, put some. I'm sorry. Yeah. Nimbly bimbly. Yeah. Don't just go bounce around on nimbly bimbly picking logos, man. Is it's that just, is that a phrase? Are it those real phrase. words? Those are nimbly, N-I-M-B-L-Y, bimbly, B-I-M-B-L-Y, nimbly, bimbly. You can't just go around doing things on nimbly, bimbly, Sarah. That those, <laughs> no one has ever said that in ever. What? <laughs> nimbly, bimbly. Nimbly, bimbly. You can't just go doing things on nimbly, bimbly. It's cute, I, if nothing else. I think tiggers do it. Don't tiggers bounce all nimbly, bimbly through the forest? Okay, I don't know why you're saying Tiggers because the most wonderful thing about Tigger is he's the only one. Right. Okay, well, okay, well, uh, Tigger then. And the most wonderful thing about Tigger is I'm the only one. I'm I'm sorry. You can't. All right. Me. So we we got we, we got lost in the th uh, hundred acre wood there. Sorry. Apologies for that one. I but, love Winnie um, the Pooh. You know this. Yeah, I'm a big fan myself. <sighs> so um anyways, my whole point <laughs> there was is plan this thing out. Invest some time laying down a strategy. Make sure that you execute it properly, and you you make sure that you keep everything consistent. That's that's absolutely important here. I kind of so when I think about this, especially from the personal branding, I kind of think of Disney Channel. Okay. And Disney, the Disney Channel stars that weren't given the opportunity to rebrand personally and got stuck in that whole of i am a disney channel star even though okay. i became a disney channel star at like age six and now i'm 20 <laughs> and it's like they're still expected to be that same person like miley cyrus who was always expected to stay as hannah montana and like selena gomez demi lovato these people that are put in those boxes and not allowed to get out of them like we see what happens from that and we see the public response to them trying to finally step into like the, their adult version of themselves. And I know that seems a little bit random, but if you think about it, if we're able to take these like rebranding steps slowly and as we go and relook at these every year, we don't fall into that trap of, okay, it's been 10 years and suddenly I'm trying to push this massive change out and go from being that 10 year old to that 20 year old. Instead, we just let it grow with us. And I mean, we don't have as much attention as these Disney Channel stars did. So I'm not trying to say that I am the next Miley Cyrus, which I don't have nearly enough talent for that. But if you're able to <laughs> like annually make these gradual changes to your personal brand as you grow, it's not going to be as dramatic of a change. 
So you won't have to go through the giant process of rebranding because you're just allowing your brand to grow as you do, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, I think it makes a ton of sense. And that, that's, I mean, to a certain degree, that's how I look at my brand progression. You know, it's evolved uh, and it, it had to evolve because a couple of them were so bad that they had to change. But it was a process, you know, it, it, and if you look back, to where I really got into the content creation game back in 2014 and went through changes there, started off in the comedy scene, then moved into the tech scene with podcast tech and then moved into podcasting and then moved into analytics. And now today you see me talking about AI and all kinds. There is that uh, constant ebb and flow and transition that we all have. And you alluded to this a minute ago when you said that it's probably a good idea to go back about once a year and really look at your brand, look at your brand message, look at your vision statement, look at your mission statement, and make sure that everything still aligns with what you're doing today. If you're struggling to resonate with your audience, it could be because your messaging is outdated and people aren't hearing the message that you're putting out there now. So keep that in mind as you go forward. Don't be afraid to rebrand. Each and every one of us have to do it. Sarah, she hit the nail on the head with favorite daughter. She hadn't had to rebrand. Maybe she never will. If she's not, she's very, very lucky. But that doesn't happen for most folks. So uh, I think she just knew from an early age that she well, was the favorite daughter. So now she's just <laughs> capitalizing on it. And I mean, it's the the name of my brand. I don't expect to change. But now that the way that you we've kind of dug into this, I kind of have rebranded a little bit just along the way. I've only had my company for about a year, mm -hmm. but I started only talking about podcast guesting and then I implemented podcast launches. And now I'm taking a look into internal podcasting. So I've altered my focuses. I've incorporated new focuses. And every time I do that, I mean, thankfully I am my own web developer, so I don't have to call a website person every single time I make these changes because... I've told you in the past two weeks, I think I've been like, hey, just redid my whole website probably three times. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's not I a common No, I and I, I guess I kind of with more power comes more responsibility. I have to stop redoing my website every time I get a new idea um, so that it stops being so inconsistent every other day. But I've made a lot of changes and added new services, added new focuses but I do it slowly so it doesn't feel like a rebrand. But now that I think about it, I kind of am. I'm altering who I'm talking to, what I'm talking about, yeah. why I'm talking about it. So I lied, guys. I, I have rebranded. Yeah, she's still everybody's favorite daughter. So. Always. That'll never change. <laughs> Well, everybody keep that in mind as you continue to, to evolve in your brand, you continue to evolve in your business and your offerings and your mission and your vision. Don't be afraid to rebrand. It's a natural part of the growth cycle of a personal brand. So accept it, plan for it, and then execute that plan accordingly. So hopefully today you found some value in this episode. And if you did, I got to ask, uh, would you please smash that subscribe button right now so Sarah and I can continue to carry you along on this journey of our own brand evolution. And with that, I'm Larry Roberts. I'm Sarah Lucy. I'll talk to you next week.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.